Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? We can definitely help. Give us a call or book a meeting. Click the link in the show notes and book a free financial consultation so you have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business owner or HR leader and you're needing a competitive employee benefits package to help you attract and retain that top talent, we can help. Check out the link in the show notes to book a free consultation and create a customized benefits plan that fits your business and your budget. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my awesome co-host, Al McDonald. Al, great day today. Great lineup of people today to chat with. What are you saying today? It is too. I'm always excited about the days that we're recording podcasts. I do have to take a little bit of a turn. And and you reminded me a while ago that we've both just been in the business about 23 years, almost to the day. And ironically, we both started at about the same time. So yeah, going way back to 1996 and come a long way. All those years ago, Al, when we met for the first time, we had no idea that we'd be business partners. And I think the very first time we met was in the elevator because we were working out of the same building. And then years later, that same elevator ride was the impetus of uh, starting our company together. So I'll always remember that fondly. And uh, yeah. yeah, I'd say it's it's worked out co- okay so far. You know, 17, 26 17, or 20, 27 years. Is that right? 27. 27 years. Yeah. It's been a long Crazy. time. Well, hey, enough about us because we want to talk to uh, someone that we've really enjoyed getting to know over the last little while. And I'm and I'm so thrilled. It's taken a long time to get her on the podcast because she's a very extremely busy person, but I'm so excited to talk to her today. So on the show today is Rachel Stevenson from Northland Power. As Chief People Officer, Rachel is responsible for all aspects of Northland's human resources strategy, including talent management, leadership development, compensation, and benefits, as well as leading all human resource functions globally. She works closely with the executive team to ensure Northland continues to build a culture that attracts, retains, and develops high-performance talent to deliver on its global growth objectives. She joined the company in January of 2021. She brings to Northland more than 15 years of leadership in human resources, including extensive experience leading human resource strategies and functions for national and global organizations across multiple sectors, technology, and geographies. Most recently, Rachel served as Vice President Human Resources for Signify, where she led and oversaw the execution of the human resources strategic growth objectives across Canada, the United States, and Latin America, a position based on the USA which she has held since 2016. Prior to Signify, she was the Vice President Human Resources for Schneider Electric, where she was based in France, UK, and Canada. Al, you ever do one of those intros and bios on someone where you just think, yeah, wow. I'm feeling a little, I should have done a little more. (laughs) A little bit light on my resume? (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. I'm glad I'm the host. This is why we host the podcast, so we can tell other people's bios. In any case, Rachel, so glad to have you here. Great to be here, Robin and Al. Thanks for having me. 
What do you say when you're listening to your intro like that? Do you ever go back and think, oh my gosh, yeah, like I've done a lot. And you know what? Maybe that's the ideal spot to start. Why don't you tell us about your career journey, like where you started, you know, what sparked the interest in the world that you've come into and and maybe throw in a little bit about that global experience that you've had. Yeah, certainly. And uh, I have to say, it's not often that I hear it back. And so it's quite a pleasure to hear it back, uh, if I'm honest. So I was actually intrigued by people at a very young age and actually initially thought that I wanted to be a psychologist for many years. And as I was getting to choose sort of those courses that matter, pre-university courses in high school, my very passionate about business father introduced me to his head of HR at the time. I still remember her name, actually, and that would be 25 years ago. And she went on to have a, a real impressive career, actually, as the head of HR for CBC and now has her own talent and consulting firm in Toronto. But anyway, I left her office that day and I was absolutely sold on HR. I've always been a a people person, as I say, and really watched my father uh, excel in, in, in business. And so working with people within a business seemed to be a really good fit for me. On the international piece, another very wise suggestion from my father was that if I really wanted to be successful or different in HR and business, then I really needed to consider a work experience abroad. He also told me that I needed to learn golf as lots of important discussions happen on the golf course. And the rest is history, really. I'm I'm here 25 years later, 10 of those years I spent abroad. Back in Canada now, proud to work for a company with sustainability and and making the world a better place at its core. But it's also going through a similar transition to many other businesses that I've supported in a field I continue to be energized and incredibly passionate about. You mentioned your dad and and the influence that he had on your career, and it sounds like your life as well. And my dad passed away a couple of years ago, and and. I'll tell anyone who will listen, because I'm so proud of the fact that, you know, dad started in this business and I was dad's last chance at carrying on that legacy. The other two kids, you know, they didn't have an interest in in wanting to do it. And I was dad's last legacy, but the lessons that he instilled from hard work to, hey, try this path first, because I think it'll pay off in the end. And, you know, as a young whippersnapper, I remember thinking, "Eh, I'm not so sure about that advice. And years later, having that conversation around Boy, I'm so glad you gave that advice. So it's nice to hear that other people have had that similar experience and it's paid off because obviously you've taken that advice and you've gone into a career that you enjoy. You've experienced what life is like living outside of Canada and and making those contributions. And it's very rewarding for me to hear that other people have those similar experiences to what I've had as well. And, you know, I left that part out uh, and I have a similar story. So I was very fortunate to have captured some of his wisdom also before losing him at a very young age. 59, in fact, and he didn't give me that advice without difficulty. So he met a lot of resistance and moving internationally was one of those things. I'm sure we'll get into as we continue the discussion today. So for any parents listening in on this uh, that are going through similar experiences, you know, my advice would be don't give up because his advice and persistence is the reason that I'm that I'm sat here talking to you today. Such great advice. And Rachel, I think you'll appreciate this. Years later, I had the conversations with dad. It's a podcast so we can talk like this. And I said, how did you never give up? Because I was such a little shit at times. <laughs> and he said, I just knew, I knew, you know, you had the character and I knew we were doing the right things and and eventually you'd see through it. And thank goodness our, our parents do that. So that's really great advice for any parents listening. Absolutely. It's amazing how the older we get, the more we realize how smart our parents were. Absolutely. <laughs> 
you've been on a great journey and I'm glad you shared that with us. Can you talk a little bit about some satisfying moments? Is, is there one or two that stand out for you in your career that you want to share with us? Yeah, of course, there's many. I think probably that the most satisfying for me is, you know, after making a very difficult decision to make a job or company change from the company that I'd spent my time abroad with. So of course, personally, professionally grew more than I have my entire life, quite frankly. But I decided to join a company who had made an acquisition that they were not successful integrating. So meaning that they essentially halved the value of the company that they'd acquired And there was no sign of that turning around. So as is often the case, I didn't appreciate the extent of the challenge until I started the role. Employee engagement was the lowest I'd ever seen. And you could feel it. So I'm not just talking about a metric score. I'm talking about traveling to the many sites across North America and feeling the level of engagement. I often tell this story to anyone who doesn't believe that a successful business starts with its people. So the incredible leader that I was so fortunate to be paired with was expatriated in. Somebody had been with the company for many, many years for this challenge. And he and I went on a five-year journey. So, you know, these types of turnarounds take time. There's never a magic solution or a magic wand. But we went on this journey and all of our effort was spent on re-engaging our people first. So we built, you know, a clear strategy, simple, clear strategy. We traveled most weeks, spending time with the teams ensuring that they understood that strategy, how they contributed to that strategy. We didn't show up with endless PowerPoint presentations, but we showed up with wanting to discuss and help the teams to remove any barriers that get in their way of of what we needed to deliver. It took time again, but we brought that business back to life. And what was the most satisfying, however, was that a couple of years later, The business leader and I were asked to sign an NDA for an opportunity to acquire the second biggest player in that market. We were the third biggest player. So not only did we, much to our surprise, again, have the opportunity to acquire any company, we were acquiring a company that was bigger than our own division. And so I was asked to lead the HR work stream of that acquisition and went on to lead the successful integration of that company, learning from all of the lessons of the past that I'd taken the time when I joined the company to learn and understand. And our team went on to win the Global Gold Award for that integration, for that successful integration. And so I have to say that's the highlight of my career because it was coupled with making a significant job and company change and probably one of the biggest business challenges I've ever faced. That's really interesting. And I picked up on one thing there and I wanted to maybe just dive a little deeper. So you said in this whole process, it took you about five years to really, as you put it, uh, go down this journey. Five years is a long time. Was there pushback from some people saying, like, this is taking too long? Like, what's going on? Because I can imagine that that could have happened. 100%. Those were, again, the most challenging years of our career. Uh, Both the business leader who had many more years of experience than I for exactly that reason. When I say, you know, five years to to really see that turnaround, it's when we started to see it in the numbers, right? The, The revenue turned around and we could really say that this was a sustainable turnaround. That's not to say through the journey that there wasn't, you know, lots of signs of progression, but you're right. I think every single business review that we had was more difficult than the one previous for exactly the reasons that you say. And again, I I have to give credit to the business leader who is the most resilient individual that I've ever worked with, who never deviated from the story, never deviated for what we were doing and what we believed we were doing was right, no matter how difficult the conversations all the way up to the CEO of the company became. 
And I think that's really key, right? Courageous leadership and really sticking to what you believe and defending what you believe when you know it's the right thing to do. Rachel, the title of this series is Success Leaves Clues. And I've been fortunate enough to have some great conversations with you around employee engagement and, you know, the challenges that we just went through and there was no playbook for what it was. And and I remember me, Al, and Joe, the partners in our company, we were struggling with what does the world look like once we get through this? Because everyone, you know, as you know, March 2020, we sent everybody home and everyone's remote and no one wants to come back to the office or some people do and some people want to work hybrid. So I don't expect you to give away all your secrets. But in the intro, we were talking about attracting and retaining that top performers, which we're doing as well. I mean, as we speak, I have a new person that I onboarded uh, two days ago and we're trying to get them up to speed as, as quickly as possible. Is there anything that you can share with other business leaders out there who are maybe struggling with, how do we create that engagement? How do we not only attract those great people into our firm, but how do we keep them? And how do we make sure that they're not out looking somewhere else and maybe quiet quitting is the new term that we hear? Is there anything you can share around that? Yeah, I think, you know, what's most important is that we have an openness to things have changed, right? COVID has taught us a large number of things. And what it's taught us is the workforce, those who have, you know, such an opportunity to have some sort of a hybrid work arrangement that is has come to appreciate that hybrid work arrangement. And so having said that, you know, I joined this company during COVID. And I would say, given the chance, again, I would think hard (laughs) joining a company through COVID in my role, which is very much a people role. And so what I am really passionate about is there are certain things that face-to-face can never be beaten. And uh, so what I've tried to do uh, is avoid a policy to say, you know, you must come in X amount of days per week. What I've been trying to do is encourage our leadership to create a culture where people want to come in, right? Presence with purpose is what I call it. So we've given a guideline. uh, And what I do with my team is, you know, I say, if you have a day where you are on conference calls because of time zones, because of whatever that reason may be, stay at home and enjoy that flexibility. But, you know, come into the office when you can have face-to-face meetings, you can have those coffee machine discussions, you can grab lunch with some colleagues so that when you drive home in that traffic or that difficult commute, you say, hey, but that was worth it. And so far, we're not seeing full offices by any stretch. But certainly, I take this opportunity to discuss with anybody that I can externally to our organization in my personal and professional life. And I still believe that this is the right strategy, right? Create a culture and environment where people want to and see the value of coming in, but still grant them that flexibility that people have come to know and enjoy. You're so right about creating that environment that people want to be in because I got really used to working remote. And I remember saying to my, I said, I'm never going back to the office because I, I love this. And I, just because I'd become so used to it. And then I remember the first time that I came into the office and Al was in and Joe was in and Joe's son was in and some other people were in. And, you know, we took a little coffee break. We, up, we have a nice espresso machine and, and Joe made me a beautiful espresso, which I hadn't had in ages. We only sat, took a break for about 15 minutes together. But to your point, I was driving home that day and I thought, wow, I miss that. Although we do our daily huddle, so we meet with our teams just like this every day, it's not the same as sitting with someone. And that whole experience of Joe just handing me that espresso and it's just on a different level. So 
I think that is really, really solid advice around creating those environments where people want to be a part of that, but they could also benefit from the flexibility that we've all kind of introduced into our workforce. So I think that's a great answer. And that is a clue that for success. So I'm glad you shared that with us. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll give you a real quick example of sort of a, a business decision that happened from a similar type of thing. So through COVID, Northland went through a, a rebranding exercise, so a new logo, a new tagline is what we were trying to work on. We could not get alignment around that tagline. And it's really difficult to launch a new brand, a new brand story without the tagline. I'm talking, we worked months trying to come up with, with a tagline that made everybody happy. And, and my new head of comms at the time, it's one of the first times that we ever went to the office and sat around a table, just as you describe, enjoying a coffee together. And he said to me, you know, what was wrong with the old tagline? And I said, well, if you walk around the company and ask people, what's the tagline? Nobody knows. It's a bit long and it, you know, it's not catchy. And, you know, 10 minutes later, we jointly come up with an idea to modernize that tagline, which is our current tagline now. And that is intelligent energy, greener planet. And so great example of something we just couldn't get to conclusion on, but sat around, you know, uh, in front of a whiteboard and drinking a coffee together, we were able to come up with a new tagline that now is really catchy and, and sticks. I love what you said previously too, though, presence with purpose. Yes. That in itself, I mean, that just captures a really simple idea, but it has a lot of meaning behind it too. Absolutely. I think that's great. Do you want to talk about any obstacles that you may have personally faced over the years and how you overcame them? Yeah. So I think by far the biggest obstacle was moving to France, which was my first move out of Canada. It was early career. I was very reluctant to do so. I had just purchased my, my first home. I had two dogs. I had a great job. I was also concerned and filled with regret that I was one of those teenagers who dropped the French language at school as soon as I was given the option. So I didn't speak the language. I had very little understanding of HR in France, other than knowing that employer-employee relations are governed by a complex set of laws and regulations, which I was entirely unfamiliar with. But nevertheless, I went for the interviews. Again, my dad's advice, I was assured I was joining an international entity where the English language was the language of business. It took me about five minutes from my first day on that job to determine that English was not the international business language, and that even those that could speak English weren't going to with the uh, international HR expatriate. I remember calling my mother actually that evening, obviously very upset, and her advice was I either needed to learn the language quickly or get a return ticket home. And so there started another journey of my career to learn the language as quickly as I could. And I did. I had French language lessons three times per week. I was also entrenched in French language again, because at work, people were speaking French to me. So within 18 months, I considered myself bilingual. And I knew that when I was in the shower that morning, and I actually started thinking in French. So I always say when I moved to France, I changed country, I changed job, I even changed my name, because in France, we say Rochelle, we don't say Rachel. So, but, you know, joking aside, what I learned from that experience is, is really the importance of stepping out of your comfort zone to stretch yourself. And I, I just can't emphasize that enough. The ability to learn about, but also from different cultures by really assimilating. I mean, I had expatriate friends in France who opted not to learn the language and I would say my experience, both personally and professionally, were entirely different. And so it's really assimilating into that culture is so powerful. You truly get to live and learn at the exact same time in all facets of your life. 
But what did you learn about yourself by doing that? I learned a couple of things about myself. I learned that my ears work better than I think and that the ratio of listening to speaking probably needed some work and it did have work. I mean, I I was telling one of my old business partners, he's actually here this week with me from France who I worked with there and I reminded him when when he used to force everybody to speak English because I was in the room, I used to wait as long as I possibly could before excusing myself to go to the ladies room, for example, because I knew when I did that, when I came back, the rest of the meeting was going to be in French and I was going to have a very difficult time to understand. So that then forced me to use a lot more of my listening skills. Some may say I've forgotten a bit of that as I tend to be still a, a passionate individual, but certainly uh, one of the things that, that it taught me and it also taught me that I was far more resilient than I ever believed myself to be. I love what you said around stepping out of your comfort zone and that's where the growth came from. And I think so many of us, there's so many things that potentially, you know, I'll say it in quotes, scare us that when you end up diving into or taking a chance on and you look back and you think, what was I afraid of? And you, and you grow to that next level. And, and I'm thinking of an instance about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. Now I was scared to make a decision in the business. And I was having a chat with Al over that coffee. And Al had said to me, he goes, what's the worst that's going to happen? And now I'm looking back thinking, why didn't I do that earlier? Right. So I think that's such great advice that just get out of your comfort zone. You're going to find growth and you're going to find challenges at the same time. But when you look back here, you know, I think nine times out of 10, you're going to think, I'm so glad I did that because I grew as a person. Well, Rachel, we've got a signature question on the podcast that Al asked. And Al came up with it about a year ago and we've carried it into the 2023 season just because I love every answer has been different. And there is no right or wrong answer. It's what's personal to you. But I'm always curious to hear how people answer it. So if you're up for it, we'll let Al uh, ask his signature question. So there's a saying that a society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. Can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? What an interesting question. I think I plant two, say two rows of trees in, in every company and every company that I've worked with. When people often ask me sort of, you know, what legacy do you want to leave? I, I talk about this. So the first row is for the HR function. I've always tried to build a team that understands how important it is to understand the business that they work in in order to have a real seat at the table as an HR function. Now, I've worked in engineering companies for most of my career, so that's not to say that I understand every technical detail, far from it. But I always work to understand how a business makes money, what is critical for it to be successful. And I've always tried to create teams that understand that. And I would say most teams in all of the countries that I've joined as the leader had to embark on this journey together. The other row of trees, I would say, is that I've always taken risks on people, not only early career people, but people who have demonstrated the right values-based behaviors and potential. And I do it often against popular opinion, right? This isn't the individual that ticks the 162 requirements on a job description, not enough experience, couldn't possibly be ready for such a role. And I have a couple of great examples of that. My assistant in France, who was pivotal in helping me to learn the French language, especially as she spoke very little English, ended up going back to school and having an entirely different career path, something very uncommon in France for that type of a function. My last two roles, I was succeeded by those trees that I planted. Again, stretch, 
opportunities for individuals that have really demonstrated potential. And similar to the work I do in transformation, right? When you plant trees, you need to have a really strong floor that's stable, nurturing, supportive, which is exactly what I try to provide. So I would never go in and take stretch or suggest we take stretch on individuals that I really think didn't have a strong probability to be successful. And and when you have that strong foundation, you, you can really begin to plant trees. And I intend to plant many, many more. Perfect. Thanks. That's a great answer. That was a fantastic answer. And as one of the leaders of our organization, I am going to take that to heart because the more people I get to talk to, like yourself, Rachel, people who I see as very successful are the ones that consistently want to give back and lift other people up and genuinely get excited about seeing those people succeed in their life. So that's something that I'm definitely going to keep in mind. And I think other people listening to this will be able to take away from this as well. I was at a workshop recently and I took away something really important. And I think it was absolutely true. Like never underestimate. I have never seen a market as I'm seeing across the globe. And somebody said, you know, the war for talent has ended. The talent have won. And so now it's about how do you differentiate yourself as an employer and how do you make sure that people stay with you? Because if you don't, they'll listen to the next knock on the door who's going to offer them something that you won't. And career progression development is at the top of most people's radars these days. So I think that's advice that I kept and I'd like to share here as well. And I think the other thing that you said in there too that I really liked was putting the importance on people's values rather than just ticking off the boxes. Because at the end of the day, the boxes can be ticked off later. The values probably don't change, right? Those are things that are embedded in people. So when you find the people with the right values, you want to grab them and keep a hold of them. Absolutely. Well, I could talk about this all day with you, but thank you so much because you you gave us a lot of clues for people that are listening. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your journey. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at North and Power? Thanks for having me. Always great to sit back and reflect and and have discussions like this that I think we don't make enough time for. LinkedIn is a great way to reach me. Inbox, message me. Happy to connect, reestablishing my network here in Canada after being away for so long. And uh, again, happy to support and network at any opportunity. Okay, awesome. Well, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. And remember, success leaves clues, my friends. Mm